It's Monday, April 29th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the controversy over payouts for political prisoners. We'll talk about why North Korea's $2 million hospital bill for Otto Warmbier is a big talking point and why the Trump administration says it doesn't pay ransom. Then the CEO of Boeing is getting some flack from shareholders today. We'll tell you all about their turbulence in the wake of two recent plane crashes. And finally, there's been some beef. With beef. We're here to make your Monday smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about North Korea and Otto Warmbier, the U.S. college student who was held there for 17 months for stealing a propaganda poster. Warmbier was released in June 2017 and sent back to his hometown of Cincinnati. But he had been in a coma for most of his captivity for reasons that are still unclear. He died six days after he got back to the U.S. But his release was a big deal and seen as a big win for the Trump administration. So this hasn't been in the news much recently, until last week, when the Washington Post reported that the U.S. had agreed to pay $2 million in exchange for Warmbier's release, for his hospital fees. Over the weekend, White House National Security Advisor John Bolton confirmed that report. But then he said this. I guess the, bo- the bottom line question is, did the U.S. pay any money to North Korea, however it was disguised, after Warmbier was released? Absolutely not. And I think that's the key point. So the U.S. diplomat who got Otto Warmbier signed a paper telling North Korea the U.S. would pay. But then they didn't. Why is it a big deal that the U.S. told North Korea it would pay $2 million for Otto Warmbier's medical care? And why is the government now insisting it didn't pay it? First of all, handing over money in exchange for someone in captivity sounds a lot like paying ransom. And that's something the U.S. as a rule says it doesn't do. At least not to terrorists. That's because the U.S. says paying terrorists makes them stronger and makes Americans a target for capture. This was a controversial topic back in 2014 when ISIS captured American citizens and demanded millions of dollars for them in exchange. Some of their families wanted the U.S. to pay the ransom, but the U.S. said no, and even reportedly threatened the family of journalist James Foley for trying to pay it themselves. They told them they'd be prosecuted if they tried it. Foley was later killed by his captors. In 2015, President Obama said the hostages' family should not feel victimized by their own government and he announced some changes in policy. I look at this not just as a president, but also as a husband and a father. Uh, And if uh, my family were at risk, obviously I would move heaven and earth to get those loved ones back. That day, Obama made it clear the U.S. government would not stop families from communicating with hostage takers. And he said that the U.S. government may even help. This was pretty controversial. But the rules prohibiting the U.S. from paying ransom only apply to terrorist groups. They don't apply to countries. Technically, Otto Warmbier was a detainee of a foreign country, a political prisoner, not a hostage. But that doesn't mean paying North Korea off would have been a good look. Relations between North Korea and the U.S. have been icy forever. But in May 2017, Trump said he was open to meeting with Kim Jong-un. Then in June, Otto Warmbier came home. And there was a lot of uproar over the way he had been treated and the fact that he died after being in a coma for months. Things got super tense between the U.S. and North Korea. That fall, President Trump was calling Kim Jong-un Rocket Man. And then in November that same year, the U.S. named North Korea a state sponsor of terrorism. 
So if the U.S. had paid $2 million to North Korea, that would have looked like a major concession to a major adversary. And President Trump has been critical of similar-looking deals in the past. In 2016, the Obama administration sent $400 million cash back to Iran as part of the Iran nuclear deal. This was Iranian money that had been held by the U.S. since the Iranian hostage crisis in 1979. At the same time, Iran and the U.S. were swapping political prisoners. So some people's eyebrows raised at that payment and the timing of it. Then-candidate Donald Trump said that Obama lied and that the money was ransom. Last week, President Trump made a point of saying that wasn't happening in the Warmbier case. We don't pay money for hostages. Uh, the Otto case was a very unusual case, but I just want to let you know no money was paid for Otto. So what's the skim? Three other American prisoners who were being held in North Korea were released right before President Trump and Kim Jong-un met for their first summit last year. And even though negotiations over nuclear weapons have stalled, President Trump made headlines back in February when he said that Kim Jong-un didn't know about Warmbier's treatment. Trump has touted his successful efforts to get Americans released from Egypt and North Korea. But one place he hasn't been able to is Iran. Last month, the families of prisoners still being held there asked Congress and the Trump administration to negotiate for their release. The Otto Warmbier bill isn't the only payoff people are looking at closely. The CEO of Boeing had to answer to stockholders today. That's next. Shareholders' meetings are usually pretty boring. But don't tell that to Boeing. Boeing executives faced a crowd of protesters today outside their annual company meeting in Chicago. It was the first meeting since two crashes involving their Boeing 737 MAX planes left 346 people dead. Here's Boeing CEO Dennis Mullenberg at a press conference this morning. Our commitment to safety is unwavering, and uh, we do regret the impact that this has had to passengers. We know we do have work to do to earn and re-earn that trust, and, and we will. Earning back trust is a big issue for Boeing. It's been nearly two months since Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 crashed in Addis Ababa, and six months since Lion Air Flight 610 did the same in Indonesia. Both planes nosedived shortly after takeoff. Investigators say the crashes were a result of changes to the plane's automatic safety system that weren't properly explained to pilots and glitched. Countries around the world, and then eventually the U.S., grounded the Boeing 737 MAX planes. So shareholders had a lot of questions today. First, are these planes safe to fly? Mullenberg says they're working on it. He says the company is close to a software fix. Boeing says they've done 146 successful flight tests with the new software, and the CEO even flew in a few of them. But the flights are still grounded in the U.S. until Boeing gets a thumbs up from the Federal Aviation Administration. That could come as soon as the end of May. Second question, what is going on with the government investigation? A month after the second crash, four current and former Boeing employees called an FAA whistleblower hotline calling out safety issues. By now, a dozen whistleblowers have called in. A new report is out that Boeing had removed a safety alert that had been in previous airplane models and made it an optional add-on that you had to pay extra for, without telling airlines. Investigators from the Transportation Department, congressional committees, and federal prosecutors are still looking into the allegations. But they're being tight-lipped about what exactly they found out so far. The third question, how is Boeing's business doing? Turbulent. 
The 737 MAX was Boeing's best-selling airplane, and there were 5,000 on back order. In the past two months, Boeing's stock has dropped 10%, and the company announced that earnings in the first quarter plummeted by 21%. Analysts say the cost of grounding the planes and paying out lawsuits could add up to $3 billion. And there are lots of lawsuits. Lawsuits from shareholders, lawsuits from families of the crash victims. And while airlines haven't sued yet, they probably will. American and Southwest Airlines, which have huge Boeing fleets, are estimating losses of more than $550 million. So yeah, they're not happy. In the past, Boeing has been called a forever stock, one of the few businesses that big investors say you should keep forever because it will never lose value. After the annual meeting today, investors said no more bad news is good news and are betting that Boeing will weather the storm. Who run the world? Girls. Beyonce said it first, but now a coalition of activists is trying to spread that message with a new organization called Supermajority. Supermajority is a new home for women's activism. Women want to do more and women are on fire. That's Black Lives Matter co-founder Alicia Garza on MSNBC this morning. She founded Supermajority with Planned Parenthood's former president, Cecile Richards, and the director of the National Domestic Workers Alliance, Ai Poo. Power trio. They want to bring women together as a political force to influence elections and shape local and national policies. Cecile Richards says women want to take the lead. They want to get trained. They want to know how to actually be civically engaged. They want to make sure that their votes uh, matter and are counted. And they are. Women made up about 52% of voters in the 2018 midterm elections. So not quite a supermajority, but more than half. If you want to learn more about how the political system works or to register to vote, check out our No Excuses campaign. It's at theskim.com slash no excuses. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from fast food vegetarians. After test driving in St. Louis, Burger King announced today it's going to roll out its Impossible Whopper nationwide by the end of the year. It's impossible because it's not real meat, but it's been engineered to taste and feel just like the real deal. It even bleeds. It's because of a protein called heme, the thing that gives animal muscle that meaty taste. Turns out, you can also get it with soybean roots. Impossible Foods, the company that makes the Whopper, has a competitor, Beyond Meat. They're going public this week and are expected to raise $183 million in their initial public offering. So yeah, fake meat is real news. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe. We'd also love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. For more Skim, sign up for our free morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 